you knew what you were getting into. And I'm like, no. (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. We all know the saying that stepmoms love to hear you knew what you were getting into. No, I thought it was, David, you were right. (laughs) (laughs) David, you were right. (laughs) You know, y'all pray for me. (laughs) You have no idea. You have no idea. It was so bad. I bought David a shirt that says hashtag David is right. <laughs> you sure did. I did. That's the most awesome present you've ever given. And but what's so sad I is I can't find that shirt. Did you take it? I burned that bad boy. Did you take it for real? I can't. I find did. It. Lighter fluid and a lighter. You better not have burnt my shirt. I did. Uh uh-uh, no. I felt like it was giving you too much power. What? Yeah, it was it was too much. You would wear it, and these horns came out. And we're gonna have to talk after this. No, we're not talking ever again. We're done. Right, so, what's your point of bringing all this up? I have no idea. Oh, I do actually have an idea. Then you knew what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. When you and I got married, we knew that our custody schedules probably wouldn't change very much with our kids. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being a step parent? That sees the kid every other weekend, one night during the week, to all of a sudden have him full custody. Um, yeah, I can imagine it. <laughs> it would be a pain. But they really didn't know what they were getting into. No, because it changes. Right. But some people will say, well, you knew he had kids, so mm-hmm. you should have known that the probability or the possibility was there that these kids would be a part of your life full time at some point. And not necessarily, especially when you know when when it comes to men, because a lot of men have the every other weekend dad schedule, which sucks. I've never had to do it, thank goodness. But you know, if you're if you're a woman and you and you get with this guy and he's got his kid every other weekend, but then all of a sudden he's got him a lot more than that. Then yeah, you don't really know what you're getting into, even more so than normal. Because I don't, I still think <laughs> you, you knew never, less of what yeah. not knowing anything you were getting into. Right. Uh, even you knew the, below nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if you, even if that didn't happen, you still didn't know what you're getting to. But yeah, I, I can see how that would be a challenge. You were a negative on the knowledge scale of what you were getting into. Yeah, we're not talking about my high school and college careers. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, this guest that we have today, Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emily was a stepmom for eight years mm-hmm. with. Custody of every other weekend, one night during the week kind of thing, and to, bam, primary custody. Oh, wow. Yes. So she really, really, like, multiplied by a million, did not sign up for this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what you say. She didn't sign up for it. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to hear her story and how she handled it. Yes. And she has some high-conflict Bio mom struggles. No. Yes. That doesn't happen yes. to anybody. It's, it's an interesting, um, I don't want to say story because it's an interesting situation. There you go. Situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step-family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step-parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Let's welcome Emily to the podcast. Hello, Emily. Hello. All right, Emily, let's talk a little bit about who you are and about your family dynamics so that listeners kind of understand where you're coming from. So how many stepkids do you have and and what are their ages and sexes? Um, I've got one stepson. He's 12. Um, I was going to say he's been living with my husband and I for about two years now. Okay. Full time? Yeah. Yeah. We got primary custody about two years ago. And uh, do you have any bio kids? I do not. Do not. So so we just have a single stepson in the house. Correct. Okay. Um, can I ask you something? Before you had primary custody, what was the schedule like? 
before we had primary custody, my husband would get him every other weekend and on Wednesday evening. So how has the transition been for you and your husband uh, going from not having his son very often to now he's there a lot? Oh my goodness. It, it's been crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I was going to say pretty much you get, you go from, you know, you, you have your own life for the majority of the time. And then it's just every other weekend, you know, this, this kid's there in the house to pretty much just being thrown full on into the, the parenting role. Um, I was going to say like, we, we got custody of him at the end of a school year. So, I mean, that was, that was a little bit crazy because um, we didn't really want to transition him out of his previous school district into a new school district. So there was like all this in the works with the school to keep him in that school district. And then um, getting him enrolled in a new school district, getting ready for school, you know, and all this was, was during like a custody battle too. So, so yeah, it was definitely a a whirlwind of uh, activity going on for a while. Well, let me say this. Um, Do you ever find yourself in Facebook groups or something and the people will say, I have them every other weekend and one day during the week and I can't stand it. And you think you need to be thankful. That's all you got them. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. Like, I remember like before the the weekend always felt like an inconvenience. And then now like hindsight, I look back and I'm like, oh man, like I miss only having him on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know to be appreciative, did you? <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things you, you don't appreciate it till it's gone. Exactly. Right. So uh, without, without, um, Blaming the stepkid <laughs> and saying things that are crazy. Uh, <laughs> saying things that are crazy. No, well, we want her to answer the way, truthfully. Well, uh, you know, we don't want to bash the stepkid, but at the same time, I do want to know, um, is is he a handful or uh, did he kind of come in with, uh, you know, he's kind of calm, cool, collected, not doesn't cause a lot of issues? It's, it's kind of a mix of both. Um, I know whenever my husband and I initially got emergency custody, we expected him to be upset. We expected him to be like throwing a temper tantrum. Why are you doing this to me? We, we expected all of that. But that day that we went and picked him up, he hopped in the car and he was chattering the whole ride home as if nothing was going on. And I just remember being taken aback, like, holy crap, this is opposite what I was expecting. Yeah, and you're thinking, man, this is going to be easy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, maybe, maybe this is going to be like so easy. You know, we didn't have an initial meltdown until I want to say about three months in, and then finally, like there was a meltdown, and I'm like, okay, this is like what I was expecting on day one. So I mean, for us to go through three months of you know calm, cool, and collected, I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he, he's a kid, so every every kid has their days. Like, for the most part, he's pretty good. Um, he actually just brought home straight A's on his report card. So he, Awesome. Yeah, he's adjusted well to um, switching school districts and new friends and all that. So it's it's been a great transition. I mean, I can't really complain too much. <laughs> Do you um, make sure to give him praise and compliment him and, you know, that a boy for the grades and things like that. Absolutely. Good. Cause that's very important. Yeah. Oh yeah. One thing we tell people is to have um, five positives to one negative. We know nobody's perfect and they can't say nothing negative ever. And we were doing this with our kids and I I didn't talk to the kids for probably six months. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything positive to say. (laughs) It's bad. I mean, it, it was horrible. You know, I felt like crap because of it, but it was the reality. That's where I was. I could not think of five positive things to say to these kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can be challenging. Um, I get it. So that's why I don't talk to your kid very often. You'd be nice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> now I have a good relationship with my stepkid. He, he does. Um, my son was four when we got married. Yeah. And his kids were nine, 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 and 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. The age gap definitely makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what are some of the things that you would say that you are currently struggling with in your blend? Uh, 
I was going to say a lot of our struggles actually come from um, my stepson's mom. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's one of those people you, you give her an inch, she wants to take a mile. Uh, so a lot of times she's trying to rework the schedule and it's just, it's not jabbing. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of uh, give and take. So yeah, we learned um, it was best to follow the order, right? Whatever the order was, we did not plan events with the kids on the weekends that we didn't plan events with us for or for us mm-hmm. without the kids on the weekends. We didn't have them because we were not about to ask to change that schedule. Yeah, I was going to say, um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, it, it's not really anything like in our household as far as blending. It seems to be like external forces. Um, like I said, you know, the whole co-parenting thing with her and, um, you know, sometimes just other people not really understanding the dynamics that come with a, a blended family. So. Yeah, if they're not in it, they don't get it. And even if they're in it, everybody's situation is so different. For instance, with you, you did not go into this marriage with having the stepkid all the time, and that changed. So you're having to readjust. That's also one of my biggest gripes is people, you know, especially now that we have him full time, it's the whole, well, you knew what you were getting into. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I married a man that had his, his child every other weekend. I ended up with a stepkid full time. Like that's, that's black and white. That's night and day. It's not the same thing. That is one of my biggest pet peeves, triggers, whatever you want to call it, because I'm sorry, you don't have a crystal ball. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how the kids are going to react to things. You can research all you want. You can talk to everybody and get advice. But then when the reality of it hits, you don't know what to do. And you were not planned for this. Right. I always say it's like the weatherman saying, oh, it's going to have sprinkles today. And the next thing you know, you're outside with your little tiny umbrella and a tsunami comes. Right. You know, you weren't prepared and it's not what you were expecting or what anybody else was. Yeah. But not only that, but I mean, I'm divorced. I can look at my first marriage and say, I didn't know what I was getting into. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but you know how everybody is. You marry him, you marry the kid too. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, but it's interesting that you had people say that. Uh, were they uh, were they people that were in your family? Were they friends or coworkers? How how close to to you and your uh, and your uh, husband were these people? I'd say it, it was never really close friends or family that would say things like that. It was you know acquaintances, coworkers, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That, that's one of the worst things in the world to say. But, you know, at the same time, you have to, if they've not never been in a blended family situation, you do have to kind of give them a little benefit of the doubt because they don't know that they're saying something that is so wrong right. to say to a blended family person. And it's hurtful. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. It's almost like, Oh, well, you're stupid. Exactly. I was trying to (laughs) add a little more words to that. But yeah, that you're just stupid. And oh, well, you knew what you were getting into. How could you not have seen this coming? They treat it as if you you touched a hot stove. Like, well, you dummy, you should have known the stove was hot. You know, no, it's (laughs) exactly. And that's one of the things um, I've been kicked out of many a Facebook group (laughs) um, (laughs) because I do not agree with that at all. Even for the people that have it all wonderful and stuff, at some point, something is going to upset them or come at them that they did not see coming. Right. I mean, if we all knew what we were getting into, uh, I hate to say this, but probably 90% of us would have not have done it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my no. my husband and I have been together for, for 10 years. So, I mean, whenever we started dating, my stepson was two. So, I mean, you can't, you can't say like, oh, hey, yeah, in 10 years, you know, this is where you're going to be. Yeah, I mean, think about these nuclear families that have this kid that all of a sudden goes crazy and chops them up with the claw hammer. <laughs> I mean, they didn't see that coming, and it was their own kid. Well, they should, you know. <laughs> well, from a from a blended family standpoint, when somebody says you you knew what you were getting into, the the part they don't understand is there are so many outside dynamics that have a direct influence on your family. You don't have that in a typical. Um, a nuclear family. And so that the phrase you knew you were getting into, the 
the reason why it has no validity is because you don't know all the other outside uh, indicators and outside influences and all this and how they're going to uh, play themselves out in your family. Right. So, you know, you mentioned the bio mom mm-hmm. and that's, t- you know, it's typically one area where the the other parent is causing a lot of problems or they're using a kid as a pawn or using a kid to disrupt the other family. And those are things you can't, um, you can't necessarily foresee. You don't know that you're getting into that. Right. Yeah. And that's why we say you can't change or control what she does or how she acts. So you have to control or change how you let it affect you. And basically nacho her. Right. How often does she get him now? Um, pretty much now the, uh, the custody agreement is almost reversed. Uh, she gets him every other weekend and on Wednesday evenings. And then um, the only other difference is now during the summer, she gets him every other week. Okay. Do you find that the every other week is easier? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I find myself looking forward to summer just because I want that break. Mm-hmm. So it's easier on you. Do, do you think that it's easier on the stepson? Uh, I was going to say, I know he enjoys this time with his mother. Um, I really wouldn't say it's easier, but it's, it's different. Um, mm-hmm. I know he has a, he has a hard time whenever he comes back. I'd say that'd be the only complication that we have. Right. What, uh, what, what is the adjustment period? Uh, a day or two or usually, how's that look? Usually. Yeah. Because, um, Unfortunately, um, of course, you know, different households, different rules, but she is very, very lax on rules and my husband and I are not. So um, whenever he comes back, like sometimes there's resistance of, oh, well, I don't have to do that at mom's house. Well, you ain't at mama's boy. (laughs) I don't know how many times I have said that. Well, you're not at mom's house. Go get it done. Um, So... And I mean, unfortunately, with the summertime schedule like that, there are those few days of adjustment. And it seems like as soon as he gets on the right path, boom, it's time for him to go right back to her. So we're constantly playing that game of back and forth. I know with us, when we had the kids more often in the beginning, it was like year two, I believe, that the schedule switched. Um, His ex changed her schedule to where she could get the kids more. So it went to more like 50-50 then. But before then, it was like we had... um, kind of the same schedule that y'all did before mm-hmm. that every other weekend or she had them every other weekend and every Wednesday. So we had them like at 11 out of 14 days or something like that. Right. And in a lot of ways, it was harder for us when she got more time with them because they had had a seven day vacation. Right. I was going to say, we see that too. Um, especially um, whenever there was breaks from school, we try to split it up so that she gets extra time with him as well. And usually that's, that's whenever we have the behavioral problems. Um, I think it was it was right at the tail end of Thanksgiving break. He ended up getting himself grounded for six weeks. So he was actually grounded throughout Christmas vacation as well. Ooh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. That's do, a long time. Do you have uh, do you have any parenting um capacities with the stepson or does your husband pretty much handle all the parenting? No, no, I am. I'm pretty equal in everything. Um, Basically, whenever my husband and I moved in together, we had several discussions about, you know, what he wanted for me, all that. And in the beginning, he did most of the parenting and I was just kind of the assistant, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But as time went on, it was like, listen, I can, I can handle some of this so that all the burden wasn't on him. Um, but yeah, like basically our role is we back each other up. So even if he doesn't necessarily agree with how I handled something in my stepson's eyes, we're united front. My husband and I will disagree about things in private. So like if I, if, you know, I dole out the harshness with a six week grounding, um, maybe later. Oh, that was you. My <laughs> talk about it and like, hey, you know, maybe next time say this or maybe next time do that. Okay, well, you know, live and learn. But we don't we don't fight in front of my stepson at all. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's that's really good. And two, we have to keep in mind that you have been in this 
kid's life for a long time. Oh, yeah. He wasn't. He was only two. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, in my eyes, you know, a lot of stepmoms, you have to earn that right right to parent, you know, to where it's not looked at as you're picking on the kid or abusing the kid or whatever. And your husband has to learn that you to trust you with you taking care of their kid, disciplining them and things like that. Kind of like if you have a babysitter that you use, well, after two or three years, yeah, you're going to expect them to be a little tougher on your kid or more stern with them or something because they've been there. And this kid has learned more about this person. It's not just jumping in and being a drill sergeant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that people may be shocked to hear is that, you know, when we talk about the Nacho Kids method, Oftentimes, people think that we are advocating pulling away from the stepkids and 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 never reengaging, or step parents should never have any parenting roles. Uh, that is not what we're advocating. We're advocating uh, looking at what works in your environment and for your family, and then and then doing those things. But having a way to where if if you are having problems, you can pull back and reassess the situation and figure out where you should fit in and how that looks. For example, Emily, your situation and how you handle your family dynamics would have never worked for us. And the way we handle it wouldn't have never worked for you. But you have found a way to make that work. And because you had a kid that was two years old when you came into uh, his life and because the mom is not so active and all these other dynamics that you deal with, you found a way to make it work in your situation. And that's great. Right. And, you know, one of the hardest things for me, and I think... um, This is why I had to nacho supreme, as we call it, and disengage for almost a year was because we had spent two and a half years or so creating animosity, resentment, anger, all these bad feelings between me and the kids. So for me to step back and not engage with them to the point that it could be a negative intervention or interaction, intervention, (laughs) I needed an intervention then, but to not have a negative interaction. And it was almost like, okay, we all needed that time to have a clean slate and to start over. And it wasn't long um, once I started reengaging slowly, it would be something as simple as they'd all be talking, David and his kids, and I'd walk in there and say, what are y'all laughing about? And then within 10 minutes, if they said something rude or that annoyed me or something mean about my kid, I'd just walk off, you know, because... There was no need for me to address it. Either David was going to address it or he wasn't. That was his decision as a parent. So I would just have to walk away. But then again, it wasn't long before they started saying, where's Lori? Is Lori coming with us or coming in? I need to show Lori this or I need to tell Lori this because they knew, number one, to appreciate anything I did for them because I didn't have to. Right. They saw what me doing nothing them meant. You know, they saw that I wasn't this mean, hateful person that I really was trying to help them and that I did care about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the other part of it too, is I I was never in front of them or even behind your back. I was never uh, working against you. So I was never saying things like, well, if you wouldn't have said that, then he wouldn't have said this. And and, and in front of them kind of confronting you. Right. Um, You know, and honestly, when we when we were going through our toughest times, uh, that did happen. Uh, and not that I can tell you a specific case, but I do recall, you know, not really being so worried about, you know, taking your side or feeling empathy about what was going on because we were at the point where we were just, you know, everybody was miserable and we were just, done. just hated each other. To I mean, to a degree, we did. It was just bad. And I know everybody says it's horrible if you hate your stepkids. Well, you know what? I hated them and they hated me. Yeah. And the in-laws hated me and, and I, I did, hated them. And I didn't like her too much either. No. <laughs> and I hated him. I hated him sometimes too. <laughs> so, but I mean, we had. But we I, had, I think hate is anger and hurt put together. That's what I think. It is. It is. But I mean, we had a long, long way to come back from. And if we can do it, I mean, there's hope for a lot of other people out there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you see, Emily, the struggles that everybody has in these groups. Oh, yeah. Um, I know a lot of times, like, I'll be on one of the Facebook groups and I'm reading somebody's story and I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God. (laughs) I do not know how I would even begin to handle that. And, I mean, even times I'll be sitting on the couch next to my husband and I'm like, here, Lord, look at at what these people are doing. (laughs) Look at what's going on. And, you know, he's sitting there like wide-eyed, shaking his head like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, like. He probably does what I do. Says, man, these people are crazy. Yeah, (laughs) it it kind of puts things into perspective. 
I mean, I don't. It does. Yeah, it does. I'll be complaining, you know, that, you know, the kid was, you know, lying or, you know, he won't clean up his room. And meanwhile, there's people that are dealing with, you know, like lice infestations and, you know, like behavior, mental health and just like all sorts of craziness, like drug use and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, suddenly the line and the cleaning up the room don't seem quite so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny. The Facebook groups, they're good and bad. Right. They're good because they help you um, realize that your situation is not as bad. They are good because they help you realize you're not alone in your struggles, but they are also bad because you can take reading their stories and it triggers something in you. Next thing you know, you're hollering at your stepkid for something somebody else's stepkid did that you read about. Because <laughs> it just brings up those bad memories. No, you're the only one who does that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I know I'm not. <laughs> right. Or I mean, on the flip side, like sometimes I see people on those groups that they have very, very close relationships with their stepkids. Like, oh my God, he made this for me. He did this for me. Like, look at, look at this card. And I'm like, I've never once got a homemade card, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I'm more like, I'm just glad that they're quit planning to burn me at the stake. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, actually, I've got really good relationships with the stepkids now. They're older. Um, I mean, of course, the relationships improve greatly after nachoing, and that's why I started re-engaging. But I still did not fully re-engage, and I'm still not fully re-engaged. There's things that... I may comment to David about with the kids, but I'm not going to address it with them or I may just not say anything at all. But at the same time, when the kids goes to leave and I say, be careful, it's not Lori's telling me what to do. It's <laughs> I will love you. Bye. You know, and so we've we've come a long way and I've had to learn to love them for who they were not what they were. The what is they were my stepkids. The who they are is who they are. One of them's really funny and just yappy and then the other one he's just kind of chill and then one of them's like chill as a rock and then you know the other one I can talk to him about girls or finances or whatever we just have different relationships oh yeah so uh Emily let's talk a little bit about if you can the struggles you're having with the bio mom I mean, if you can don't throw her under the bus too hard but <laughs> don't give her name address social security number anything like that <laughs> but let, let's just <laughs> yeah look yeah, let's talk about the some of the struggles you're having because that is a very common thread with step families, and uh, we like to talk about how uh, how you're dealing with that and what type of struggles you're having and what that looks like. Right. Well, I mean, um, her and I obviously do not see eye to eye. Um, I've always tried to remain civil for you know my stepson's sake, for my husband's sake, all that. Um, she hates me to the point where she won't even say my name. Ooh, it makes me jealousy is an ugly thing. It, it, it makes me feel like Voldemort, you know. <laughs> but who's that? He's a, a cartoon character from Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, not a cartoon character, but a, a character from the book. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> My, my mama wouldn't let me watch Harry Potter, even though I was 40 years old when it came out or something. <laughs> you wasn't 40 years old when it came out. <laughs> but Yeah, so like she, she won't even say my name. You know, I'm always that girl. That hey, girl. say her name three times like Beetlejuice. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Beetlejuice, funny. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Maybe that's why she won't say my name is because she's worried I'll show up or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what kind of challenges are, are you having with her? Is it uh, things that she does? To the stepkid or, or tries to use him against you? What 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 is she doing to stressing you out so much? Well, I mean, thank God it's gotten better um since like the custody battle kind of settled down and that dust has settled. But um a lot of it is um like behavioral issues with my stepson. Uh, like I mentioned before, she does not have rules at her house. Um she's one of those parents where she's more concerned with being his friend than being his mom mm-hmm. and like I, I'm sorry he's got he's got friends he needs a mom um and essentially whenever he is with my husband and I like we both take on those parenting roles um he's got expectations here he's got rules here uh, but whenever he goes to mom's house it's it's a free-for-all like he doesn't have a bedtime he has no responsibilities no chores anything like that so 
a lot of times whenever he's with her for an extended time, he comes back home kind of, I don't want to say spoiled, but spoiled is a pretty good word. Um, and he just feels like the rules don't apply to him or they shouldn't apply to him because he has no rules there. So yeah, we have a lot of that. Um, and well, for him to make, for him to make uh, straight A's with, you know, no discipline and, you know, with the other side of the family, that's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. And I mean, his, his grades are like night and day from uh, her having primary custody to us having primary custody. Um, mm -hmm. went from a CD student with her to an AB student, well, straight A student now with us. So that is awesome. And I'm sure that makes him feel better. Right. Oh yeah. Like we, we gave him tons of praise. Like we, um, we told him before the straight A's, we told him, you know, if you bring him straight A's, we will get you anything you want within reason, you know, always have to have that stipulation of within reason. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like he, he wanted, um, satellite installed in his room so he could watch tv in there and you know that's that's what we're going to end up doing here in a couple of weeks probably is hooking that up for him but, but i mean we gave him a goal to work towards and he did it and I, that's awesome yeah and i mean she always you know treated his grades as oh you know well they are what they are and you know like never it's not that big of a deal she never tried to motivate him nothing like that and so now, not only has he proven to himself that he can do it, but he has proven to her that he can do it. David, my, my son makes pretty good grades. He makes all A's. And David told him if he made all D's, he'd give him $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I deal with, folks. <laughs> Mine is like a nacho on crack or something. I don't know what David's doing with my son, really. But he likes to mess with him and... I told him, I said, well, I'll give you some money if you make straight A's. And David goes, I'll give you $1,000 if you make straight D's. And he looks at David, he said, deal. I'm like, boy, I will kill you. I will whoop you to death. It's a side of nacho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he's anti-nacho or something. I don't yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm turning her own kid against her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but we, uh, you know, her son and, and me, she, he's, uh, he's 14, so, but we... Our favorite pastime is torturing her, so we get along. We we have a common goal in mind. <laughs> I think that's the common goal of you and all the kids. Well, that's true. Yeah, we had um <laughs> one of the stepkids came back the other day for a couple days, weekend, something like that. And the next thing I know, um, I hear them wrestling, and I'm like, stop, y'all are going to break something. Well, you know, they don't listen. My son, own son doesn't listen. And I keep hearing it. And next thing you know, I hear this loud boom. And my son gets up and runs to the bathroom and shuts the door. And I'm thinking, he busted his head open, you know? And so I'm asking Dave's kid, I'm like, Mason, what did you do? You know, whatever. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the whole normal thing. And then come to find out after I busted into the bathroom and acting all crazy, they were going to act like Mason hurt Jackson. And Jackson was going to go put fake blood in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, that's the fun that we had. <laughs> but now the go, let me, let's go back to the high conflict by a mom. <laughs> Isn't there was a slight detour there? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We we do that a lot. <laughs> yep. You know, squirrels, rabbits, dogs. It doesn't matter. It can distract me. But um, we had that same issue with the kids going to their moms and not having responsibilities or not doing their homework and things of that nature. And they would come back here and tell David that he was like a slave driver. I mean, like he would ask them to pick their dirty socks up and you would think that it was the end of the world. But come to find out, mom was still laying their clothes out for them. Yeah. She was still doing their laundry, cooking 18 different things or going to eat 18 different places or always doing the fun stuff with them that we didn't do because, number one, we're just we're not like that. And it was costly. Mm. Part of the reason. And we weren't always the fun time parents. And so she tried to use that against us. Mm -hmm. And and of course, the kids wanted to be with her. Oh, yeah. So all it took was Lori saying one negative thing to them. And, you know, they're like, oh, daddy, we're going to go live with mama if you don't get rid of her. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, it was David in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Can't have my cake and eat it, too. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Now, um, you said she won't say your name or anything, so you don't, like, text with her or email with her or all that goes through your husband? Yeah, I was going to say, um, my husband handles everything. Um, 
the only time I ever get a text or a phone call is if um, she wants to talk to my stepson and my husband's not home because we don't, we don't have a landline. We just both have our own individual cell phones. So if she wants to talk to my stepson and my husband's not home, she calls my phone. And usually it's just, hey, is he home? No, like, hey, how, how, are, how are you? You know, how's the weather? Nothing, just, you know, put me on the phone. Yeah. Um, what, I would, what I would do if I was you is when I saw her name on the phone, I'd just start running toward him and handing the phone and go, here's your mama. <laughs> hey, like, there's times I've thought about that and I'm like, no, we're not going to resort to that. <laughs> Well, um, I, I guess he doesn't have his own phone yet. Um, he did, but it got taken away from him. So, <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. He didn't want that back. He'd rather have the satellite TV. Um, oh, was was that an option? Well, the the phone we have no control over the phone. Um, she was the one that bought the phone, paid for the phone, and ultimately took away the phone. I, I won't lie; it's been a it's been a blessing in disguise not having that phone here, but. Uh, <laughs> So but but one of one of his options of you know or rewards for making straight A's wasn't getting his phone or getting a phone. Uh, we thought about offering that option, but we we just we figured you know she was the one that was in control of his phone before, so if he wants a phone, he can he can talk to her about getting it back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hmm. So did she, I'm just curious, and if you don't want to discuss it, that's fine. But did she take take the phone because like she got mad at something he did? Um, that hurt her feelings, or was it a punishment of, you know, he did something really wrong? And Oh, he, he did something really wrong. <laughs> um, well, then I'm proud of her for taking his phone. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, um, it was my husband and I that discovered what he was doing with the phone. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, my husband had a conversation with her, like, hey, this is this is what's going on. And, you know, they, they discussed whatever, you know, options they, they both had in mind. And ultimately, she took away the phone. So, I mean, she was the one paying the bill. She was the one that bought the phone. So, we, we kind of just had to agree to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good that she listened to what y'all were saying instead of trying to blame you for what the kid did. And David, if you don't stop looking at me right now, I'm going to poke your eyeballs out. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just interested in, you know, when a kid does something crazy with a phone and. We're not talking about my son right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking about sweet Emily's little stepson. That's making straight A's now and he's getting his life together. Okay. See, it's all positive. What makes you think I'm looking at you? You're staring at me. Is your conscience bothering you? No, but <laughs> you're doing things that make me know what you're thinking. <laughs> Lord, uh, something we'll share with you, Emily, is, you know, with David's kids being so much older, when they were 13 or something, he would fix their breakfast or um, if his mom was taking them to school or something, she would. And my response is, oh, my God, they're 13 years old. They can fix their own breakfast. That's what I was well, thinking. Well, now that my baby's 14, I fix his breakfast every morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've got a lot of the foot-mouth syndrome thing or whatever going on right now. Yeah, she has. she's eating a lot of the a lot of the things that she fussed at me about. Oh, you should you should exact this kind of punishment for this kind of uh, thing and all that. Now, when her son's doing it and he's hitting the same age that my kids were when she was saying those things. Now it's like, uh, you know what? <laughs> maybe I was a little harsh on you. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I had unrealistic expectations. Is, yeah. What is it? Eating crow? <laughs> I don't know, but you've tore, you've tore through a few shoes. David. <laughs> we're not going to go there right now. We'll have our own podcast later. <laughs> All right, Emily. This is Emily's time. <laughs> Are you ready to go into the lightning round? Who I suppose. <laughs> we need like a lightning sound. Yeah, I know. We'll That's find like a one. Whip. All right. So we're going to ask you uh, a few questions. Four. Four questions, exactly. And we're going to let you kind of answer those off the cuff. And see what you have to say. So the first question being, what has been the hardest part of blending for you and your family? Well, like, like I said, a lot of it has just been outside influences. Um, and I mean, one of the big influence, outside influences that I always struggled with is the idea that a stepmom should love her stepchildren. Um, I'm not saying I dislike my stepson, but I don't have that, that motherly love. Like I don't, I didn't, I didn't like look at him as a toddler and 
you know, my ovaries didn't explode saying like, oh my God, (laughs) like, and I never experienced that. Well, I've got to say, I am so glad that you're not on here saying, I love him like my own. And then we say, well, how old are your kids? And you say, I don't have any. Right. Because that happens a lot. People will say, I love them like my own, but then they don't have kids. So how do they know? And then the other side of that is my son and David's kids, we've talked to them about this. They would be mad if David loved my son like he loved them. Right, right. I mean, and it's it's apples and oranges. Like you can't you can't really compare the two. Um, exactly. But yeah, yep. so many people would tell me, oh, well, you should love him. You should love him. You know, he's he's, you know, well, at the time, you know, my husband and I were just dating. And so it was like, oh, he's your boyfriend's son. You should love him, you know, or. I even had people that would tell me that there was something psychologically wrong with me because I didn't love this child. And it's like, you you don't love every child you meet, you know? No, you don't love every person you meet, but that does not surprise me after the judgment I see in step-parent groups. Exactly. And I mean, it was just, it was just horrible. Like I was convinced that there was something wrong with me because I didn't love this child. And I had people telling me that I didn't really love my husband because I didn't love his child. Yeah. That's one of those trigger things again. <laughs> I, I, wow. Right. And I mean, my biggest comparison was, okay, you know, whenever you marry someone, if you don't like your in-laws, people tell you, oh, well, you married him, not, not his family. But if you don't like your stepchild, it's, well, you married him, you married his child. And it's like, no, like it's, you can't, you can't choose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing is the stepmom is made to feel like she better love that kid right. like her own or at least love them. Or like you said, why be with him? You're ruining the kid's life. You're a horrible person. But yet the stepkid, it is normal, expected and recognized or whatever other word I'm thinking about for them to treat the step parents like crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a complete double standard and it's it's ridiculous. But God went through like a good, a good spell where I, I beat myself up pretty bad about, you know, not loving this child. And, you know, finally I just came to the realization of, look, you know, I don't have to love him, but I need to make him feel loved. I mean, especially now that we have a primary custody, I go out of my way to do things for him. Like if I see something in the store that I think he'd like, I'll buy it for him. And it's not so much love for the child, but it's love for my husband that makes me do it. Amen. (laughs) that's what it is. And that's what people don't get is you're doing those things. And it's okay that you don't love this child. And if something happened to dad, that you wouldn't try to get custody of him and all that stuff. And that's the same thing with nacho kids is I had to nacho out of love for my husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you, I mean, it sounds to me like you do care about him and you probably care a lot about him. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, like I said before, he, he needs a mom. And, you know, in our household, essentially that, that role falls back to me where, you know, I, I might not be the biological mom, but in this house, I, I act as the mom, you know, I'm the one, you know, running the household, cooking the meals, you know, helping with homework, all that. And I mean, that's, that's what he needs from me. That's what my husband needs from me. So I'm happy to do that. Right. Your, your, your job is to help your husband and whatever role or mode that may be or whatever fits your blend. Yep. All right. You ready for question number two? Sure. Okay. What's been the best advice that you've ever received about blending? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been given advice? I was going to say, um, it seems like most of the yeah. advice I've ever gotten has been from people that weren't in a blended family. So Yeah, she got advice. She knew what she was getting into. That was her advice. <laughs> <laughs> We could do a whole year on you knew what you were getting into. (laughs) All right. So we haven't had any good advice given uh, from people in your life. So we'll move on to the next question. Um, If you could could travel back in time, knowing what you know today, what would you tell your past self about blending? Just that it's it's okay to have difficulty with it. It's okay to not be 100% happy with it. It's okay to not love the child. but you know, still be there and be wanting to to help the parent. Right. Okay, great. Yeah, I know um, one of the things that you had mentioned in the questions we asked you uh, before the podcast was about, um, I think, like sitting in the bathroom crying or something like the laundry room. Yes. Um, yeah. Because 
like, and I've, I've made this analogy to, to other people, you know, just trying to explain it to them. Um, being a stepmom is like walking into the school cafeteria and everybody is giving you the, sh the side eye because you don't really fit in with any of them. The stank eye. <laughs> so you take your sandwich and you go sit in the hallway, eat your sandwich, and you hope nobody sees you crying. Like that's that's like the best analogy I've ever came up with as far as that. Because my single friends don't get it. My married friends don't get it. My married friends with kids don't get it. So you are right. better to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they don't understand it. And either you have ones that will judge you for what you do or don't do, or you have ones that'll flat out tell you, I don't know what you're going through. Right. I, I couldn't imagine. Right. Yeah. But um, th that resonated with me because I don't know how many times I sat on the front porch crying, thinking, what have I done? Right. What have I done for me? You know, to me, my son, it was just horrible. And Oh, yeah. But I think that you can agree as well as I can agree is you've come a long way since then, too. Oh, yeah. And it's still not it's still not easy, but each day is it gets better or it doesn't get worse <laughs> most <laughs> of the time, you know. Yeah. All right. So last one. Are you ready, Emily? Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. This was a 500 pointer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's the one thing that you would tell other people? about blending there's having the similar issues that you are having i would say you know just just take things as they come you know you like don't don't stress out and worry too much um and of course that's that's always easier said than done you know especially whenever you're in the the trenches of some really bad drama but yeah i mean you're you're doing this for a reason and hopefully it's because you love your significant other and i mean it can change in an instant I mean, look at my situation. I went from, you know, marrying a guy that had his kid every other weekend to being full-time stepmom. Um, Did you have a lot of resentment with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because um, one, one of the reasons why I never had biological children was because I didn't want to give up that freedom. And then suddenly I was, you know, encountered with a situation where I had to give up that freedom. Um, or divorce your husband. Right. I mean, and I, yeah. I love my husband. I didn't want to divorce him or anything like that. I mean, that never even crossed my mind. But you also have to put it into perspective of, and like in my situation, yeah, I am, I am making a sacrifice. I sacrificed a lot of my free time, but I am turning this kid's life around. You know, from him going from, you know, almost failing grades to like bringing home straight A's. And to me, that's, that's what's worth it in the end. So, I mean, mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to step back and look at the big picture. Yeah. And even for stepmoms that aren't as involved as you, we still have the opportunity to instill good values in them just by our actions or being kind to them. They see those things. Right. And, you know, I tried to say this the other day and I got it all wrong. You know, like children act whatever they live or something. I don't know how it's phrased, but whatever they see, they're going to mimic at some point. Right. And if they see you being kind and helpful and things like that, whether you're doing the parenting role or not, you have a good influence on those kids. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, Emily, we're going to wrap this up. All right. And I think that this will help a lot of stepmoms that are in your situation. I know that you are not the only one that has been blindsided by a change in custody. And I know that um, a lot of them struggle and had the same feeling of being judged that you have for not loving them like your own kids or like loving them like you feel like you should. But there's no rule or there's no level of how we should love somebody else. And it's okay to not love everybody. Right. You can be kind to people and care about people, but love is a different feeling. Absolutely. Thanks again for being on our podcast. And we look forward to talking to you again soon and enjoy your blend. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I think Emily is doing a great job considering that her life basically got flipped upside down. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to note, too, that she doesn't nacho. Right. Which, you know, people think that we try to shove nacho in down your throat. That's the only way to do it and all that, which is not how we really feel. No. At all. Uh, and we tell people all the time, if it doesn't, you know, if it's not a good fit for them, we tell them, look, this this is path is not really a good fit for you. The, the nacho kids method because mm -hmm. uh, we're able to recognize who is a good fit for it and who's not depending on a lot of uh, different things. And obviously for her, it's not a good fit and she's doing well with, with how things are going. 
And it works for her and her mm-hmm. blend. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Yeah, it is. And we always say that nachoing um, is usually the last resort that people tend to go to. Yeah, but we are we are seeing more people that are doing it first. Yes. Like yes. We had somebody in the academy uh, recently, and, you know, when we ask, well, you know, how long have you been trying to blend or whatever? They're like, oh, yeah, we've been blending for like three months. And I'm like, three months? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You know, I was shocked because typically, like you said, most people are almost at the end of their rope before they try something like the Nacho Kids method, but they're getting in front of it. It's like, yeah, we want to go ahead and learn how to not have problems. I'm like, wow. You know, we talk sometimes in Facebook groups, people will start talking about nachoing and then somebody will make the comment, well, you should be glad you don't have to nacho. <laughs> Which really is true. Yeah. Um, and I don't want it to sound like nachoing is a, you know, last ditch effort to remain a stepmom or anything. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to have a negative. Well, what people don't realize a lot of times is, is that they are using, typically they're using parts of the nacho kids method even when they don't realize it. Mm -hmm. Or they call it disengaging because that makes them feel better than using the word nachoing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a disengaging methodology, but there's more to it than that. And that's, that's why it's its own separate thing. But, you know, people use uh, this type of thing. We'll call it disengaging. They use that in a lot of different areas of life, not just in your step family life. So Mm -hmm. it's funny. I mean, we've even seen people in, in the Facebook group, like I don't nacho. And then they go on to describe, exactly what some of the parts of nachoing is that they're doing. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Facebook groups. Oh, well, you need to step back. Okay, well, that's nachoing. Well, we don't we don't refer people to nachoing because that's just not what we agree yeah, with. We don't we don't agree with that. But and yeah. nachoing is probably less, um, I don't know the, I don't want to, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Nachoing is less dramatic than they think it is that were drastic, drastic, drastic. That's the word. Yeah. Instead of dramatic. Yeah. Drastic. Yeah, it is. Because if you, if you think of the word disengaging, it, it is that that's a component of it, but it's like you said, it's not as drastic as just disengaging. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right, before we, or as we end this, uh, you and I have to have a conversation about the shirt. I don't want to talk about the shirt. We're going to talk about the shirt. I bought the shirt, so technically it was mine. Oh my gosh. You gave me the shirt. My shirt. I'm Indian. Not your shirt. I'm Indian. It is not your shirt. I'm an Indian giver. Oh my gosh. All right, whatever. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember life is good when you nacho.